Sean Fleming to come to you first the consultative forum international security was much vaunted got into some extra attention before it began when the president warned against quote unquote drift into NATO that that might be the potential outcome he did obviously go on to apologise then for comments he made about the chairperson Louise Richardson you work in the Department of Foreign Affairs. This is something you're very, very well versed in. Did you learn anything new over the last few days with that countrywide trip? Yes, um, a couple of things I learned from that. People are far more interested in this topic um, than we might have thought. And what I will say is there are polarised views on this issue before we started. It was inevitable some of those would come to the surface day one and they did and I did, not a bit surprised and that's that's only fair and reasonable if people are objecting uh, to the concept of a debate they're entitled to say that or the people who are going to contribute and we do give um, due recognition to anybody who is right to object to what's being said in a particular location. However, I think once it got on we got into useful balanced discussions as it went on and at the end of the day there's over a thousand people at these forums over the four days there's hundreds of submissions have been made to people online and they can still do that over the next week or so and it was a useful discussion that's what I would say I think it's probably time we had a mature open discussion in the full knowledge that some of what's going to be said some people won't like it but there's a lot of people say let's have a discussion and that was a good discussion and we will get a report from our chairperson that won't be the final word that will actually help crystallise the discussion to date and open up a, a, a good discussion at Oireachtas level and everywhere else after that but it's useful to have a consultation and not to have it would be wrong OK, uh, Paul Murphy, Sean Fleming, I think three times there used the word useful. Um, do you think it was useful? You heard that Taoiseach and Tawnish both said the government is not seeking to join NATO. Are you satisfied with that now? Well, we were never saying that they're going to join NATO today or tomorrow. This is a process or as Michael D. Higgins put it, it is a drift towards NATO. I, I think the strategy is the strategy of boiling a frog. You do it slowly but surely until a point that you're basically in NATO and you haven't realised it. That's what has been attempted. The last, the event over the last week and a half was really an exercise in manufacturing consent. It didn't go well. Uh, it was punctured by the anti-war protesters, by Michael D. Higgins, by ourselves in the doll. So I think it didn't play the function that the government would have liked because I think people saw it for what it was, which was entirely biased. But the government isn't going to give up on this strategy of bringing us closer and closer to NATO bit by bit. So the things that they propose, a significant increase in military spending, would get us from a situation where we would not currently be eligible to join NATO, where we might be taken seriously. Getting rid of the triple lock would be an essential part of being ready to join NATO. So they want to do the bit, the things that will get us ready to join NATO. But, but you say the bit by bit, and yet we have the Director of Security Policy Partnerships at NATO headquarters, James Mackey, who said the issue of Ireland joining NATO never came up in all his time there and he was nearly two decades with NATO. Oh, I, I don't think NATO is talking about Ireland yeah. joining NATO but the political establishment in Ireland have always seen the position of neutrality or non-alignment as a you know, something hanging around their neck. You can go back 20 years. Fine Gael produced a policy paper called Beyond Neutrality, which described the triple lock as a political straitjacket that we should 
get rid of. And they want to be free of this. They want to be free of public opinion, which is very broadly in favour of neutrality. It's why they didn't organise a citizens' assembly. It's why they voted down our proposal to have a referendum to enshrine neutrality in the constitution and allow the people uh, to decide. Um, And they're going to keep going along those steps. And the next one in their sights, what is going to be recommended from the forum is let's get rid of the triple lock. And to say clearly, if the triple lock wasn't in place, Ireland not only may have allowed the US military to use Shannon Airport for Iraq and Afghanistan, but could also have committed troops to that. Michael McNamara, to bring you in, Green Party leader Eamon Ryan um, voiced strong support for Irish neutrality, non-membership of NATO. But he went on then to talk about, you know, how Ireland has to work with friendly countries encountering complex threats such as cyber attacks was one of the examples given. Do you think, you know, Sean Fleming's talking about this was a useful conversation. Do you think there are maybe some practical areas like cyber defence where in order so we don't see our hospitals crawling to a halt like we saw previously with the cyber attack on the HSE, that there is potentially opportunities for greater collaboration? Well, I mean, as I understand it, there's already considerable collaboration and security uh, collaboration between the Irish uh, um, security services and uh, other international security services um, with regard to um, uh, immigration, among other things. I mean, if people apply for for citizenship, there's vetting in Ireland, but I believe that there's vetting beyond that and information is provided from other states. But you know, the, I suppose one of the lines that's used is well, we have these subsea cables and we need to protect them and we're not able to protect them on our own, so we need to look at uh, cooperation with others. But, um, you know, in since the start of the Ukraine war, we've seen that the Nord Stream pipeline was blown up in the um, uh, Baltic Sea. But, you know, the fact that the the area where it happened, most of the countries involved are in whose jurisdiction that happened are in NATO didn't really seem to provide any protection and we don't even know. I mean, there's a lot of uh, various theories um, propounded as to who's actually responsible for it. So, uh, you know, the question mark is if we move closer to uh, cooperation with other military uh, or or with non-neutral military forces, does that provide us with additional protection or does that actually just give us an additional risk? Uh, And that is one that I think fundamentally needs to be debated. The other thing that I would say is that we've never really had a proper... I mean, we... Um, are involved in the European Union's military assistance mission to Ukraine. We've 30 members of our defence forces and that we fund the European Peace Facility, as it's called, which um, is used partly to fund the, the Ukrainian war effort. We're very clear that in money that Ireland provides goes to non-lethal uh, purchases like uh, fuel, uh, helmets, stuff like that. Okay. But the European Peace Facility of which we fund, although for non-lethal purposes, is purchasing armaments and <clears throat> billions of uh, euros worth of armaments okay. for the uh, Ukrainian army. And all of this was done without any debate in the doll. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big problem. And we set up these four because we don't necessarily... Um, uh, which can be completely controlled. I mean, ultimately, the government got to cho- choose who, who chaired it. There was a controversy about that, albeit that the president said he didn't intend any... Um, uh, he, he, he didn't intend okay. uh, I, anything I, I, by it. But, but also, what's discussed and who's discussing okay, it is I'm, carefully chosen. We I'm, saw Dermot Ferreter didn't participate in it because he wasn't, uh, I think, happy with the overall okay, balance of it. And I'll pose it. that question. Thank you, Michael McNamara. One of the points, Paul Murphy, that was raised this week, though, in terms of sequencing, is that the government, one of the first things it should really be focusing on is the paying conditions for defence forces in terms of the living wage. Would you be comfortable with increasing military spending? Because that is ultimately the bucket... 
on an accountancy line it would have to come out of in Absolutely. order to give the defence forces uh, better terms and conditions. Absolutely. And we have been jumping up and down in the DAW for the last 10 years over paying conditions for our defence forces. The fact that you had, uh, certainly did have previously people living in cars while uh, working for defence forces, the poverty uh, pay that exists. That's an absolute uh, scandal. So we're absolutely clear that, of course, we should pay the money to have people living in basic, decent terms uh, and conditions. Nobody working in this state should be in the kind of conditions that some of our defence forces were in. Okay, thank you. Just on the defence forces spending and payroll, I think one thing we have to concentrate on is uh, gender balance and recruitment. We're seeing practically no females getting into the army. We have to look at, you know, the army is not all about who can carry the biggest backpack with the heaviest gun. Much more complicated than that and sophisticated. And I would say that's one of the first things with the pay we have to address to get some... But I have to go back to Richard. The political establishment is great old... phrase to throw out. The political establishment that he knocks had one big job since the foundation of the state and that's they kept us out of uh, World War II. It's the only war that happened. We've never experienced a war in Europe. This Ukraine issue it's unknown to everyone involved. We've never involved in this. And I'm saying at the time, the political establishment that he gives out about kept us out of World War II. And that same political establishment today is doing a very good job from Ireland's perspective in relation to Ukraine. You shouldn't be afraid of mature Irish people voted in by the people and some way trying to but, denigrate them as let establishment. Let the, let the and what will, and, Why not let the people? Uh, but, why didn't you have a citizens' assembly? Um, well, um, to, no, to we'll that just question. Come, no, we'll, we'll come to that. I'll tell you what's important that we do need. We recently had a crisis there was a crisis in Africa in a country in Africa and we couldn't get our citizens home without the help of us because we have as part of our arrangement in Iraq we couldn't sell more than 12 of the Irish army abroad to get Irish people home we need to address some of these the okay, Irish so people to address it, that. and if this has been a useful exercise yeah. why not then go on and have a citizens assembly discuss everything but that this, we've just the, discussed the, in the last the, 10 the, minutes well the citizens assembly the ones I'm familiar with is 100 people over a couple of weekends mm-hmm. This was a thousand people attended it. We've had ten citizens' assemblies over the last four so days. Who, who you has know. to write the report from this? I'm sorry, I'll Sean, tell you. who writes the report? I'll tell you. The report will be presented to you and I and everybody by here who? by the Iraq at no. before the Iraq is each it? one. Who's going to write the report? Um, I, I'm more interested in the content okay, than the I'll, author. I'll tell the public. No, 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 uh, no, uh, no, uh, no. Do you want to personalise the report yeah, or I, the, I, I, do you want to deal with the content? Okay, let's not challenge over each other and we don't want to personalise. You just want to personalise. I don't care who writes the report. The public can't I, hear I, I, you now. The listeners can't hear you. Can't shut over each other. Hold on, one at a time. One at a time. One at a time. Okay, but don't don't personalise this, please. In a citizens' assembly, a hundred randomly selected citizens would decide what the recommendations are. That's the essence of a citizens' assembly. That's what we were. They were talking about literally three months ago. They were saying we have a citizens' assembly. They then saw the citizens' views on neutrality and decided we won't do that. So with this. The person who's going to write the report is the chairperson. The chairperson was handpicked by the government. The chairperson has a record on foreign affairs, which people can check for themselves. And, and we know the the chairperson uh, has, you know, independent, respected. We know when criticisms or a critique, uh, a mention was made by the president of Ireland. He, you know, since apologised. So he let's only apologised per- for the DBE but, reference. But, but, he didn't but, apologise but, but for but the reference. Let's not personalise yeah, someone no, who's been appointed as an independent chairperson. Just final word. The content of the report is what matters to me. I don't care. 
whether one, two, or forty-two people write it, I'll read the report. I want to hear. I would like to hear what you have to say about it in the point. Michael McNamara, just very briefly. Yeah, just no, Sean, we talked about the lack of women in the defence forces, but I mean, surely the first step has to be to um, to to talk to the women of honour uh, and put in ter- put in place the terms of reference that they're seeking for uh, a proper inquiry and one that they can have confidence in. Because I mean, that has to be the revelations uh, around that has to be a major impediment to women joining the defence forces, and that need, we need clarity on that, and we need clarity on when did all of these um, uh, alleged assaults take place and who knew and how far up uh, the, the, the the army top brass did it go and did it go to the Department of Defence did it go beyond that Okay okay. up next we have to leave that there is the Taylor Swift inflation effect hitting our hotel sector back after these Saturday with Conor Mungon on RTE Radio 1 